Hi, I'm Dr. John Lakey. And I'm Dr. Payman Danielport. We're board-certified plastic surgeons and hosts of the podcast, Forever Young. Join us every Tuesday as we share the latest products and procedures in the never-ending quest to help our patients look and feel their very best. The world of cosmetic surgery is constantly improving. Join us on the cutting edge. Forever Young is available wherever you get your podcasts. Hello again, and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again, and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist, and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. Welcome to Foreplay. This is your sex therapist, Lori Watson. And your couples therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews. And we're going to talk today about the impact of infertility on the sexual relationship, which we've had a lot of people write in about. And we know that this doesn't impact everybody, but hopefully you'll learn something. And if anything, to have more empathy for your friends and yeah. kids and people who are struggling with this. And infertility affects more people than I think the common person knows, right? Yeah. Or issues that are surrounding infertility. And we're talking about not infertility in located in one person, but infertility in the couple, Yes, no matter who it's coming from, like if there's something biologically wrong in one partner or the other, right. we're just talking about no matter however the infertility Which is Which body from, might be not working or right. both bodies. And I think you're just touching on something that is so important, yeah. is that this, this blame game mm. really comes into play. Like my body's dysfunctional, your yeah. body's okay. Just think about the in-laws. Oh, you married a you know a person who can't get you pregnant or who yep. can't get pregnant, and there's so much pressure, and there's so much in the just human desire to find blame. Yeah, you know, so uh, it's a big problem, but it's also overlooked how infertility and sexual health is linked. You know, because having a child is such a great pleasure and it's something that we take for granted and it is born generally out of our lovemaking that it's just interconnected mm. you know and our wishes to to have a family and things are directly linked to our sexual life and we don't yeah. even think about it until something goes wrong yeah and for most couples i mean it like that childbearing feels like a next step in their relationship right, right? if mm -hmm. there's an expectation um, most people don't go into a committed relationship thinking that they're going to be unable to have children yes. right they may not right. want to have children um, yeah and that's a different choice and that's a different choice but for uh, for a lot of people they don't you don't think about your ability to have children often until you're in the middle of trying to have a child that's right and so it becomes an early marriage crisis mm -hmm. You know, so that, you know, they may never have struggled with very much and suddenly they're presented with a huge problem. Yeah. And the issue with infertility treatment is, you know, it really dehumanizes lovemaking. It, yeah. it medicalizes it. Well, do, don't you think that that happens even before they seek help as well, though? Like before you maybe know that there's a problem when you're trying to have a child and you can't, m most people, I think, seek help for that way after um, that, they should. And, and they should <laughs> seek help sooner. Yeah. But when they don't then, right, like then it become does it, it feels to me like it has the same effect as it dehumanizes sex. Uh -huh. Sex starts to be about the product of that, the child, rather than about the experience between, between uh, the two people. people. It's yeah. about the, pro you're right, the product instead of 
you know, showing each other sexual affection and love. And mm. uh, just as a definition, infertility is defined if you're pre-35, and this is really the woman, if she's pre-35, then it's having sex for six months without getting pregnant. That's considered time to seek treatment for infertility. And if you're after 35, oh, I got that backwards. If you're after 35, it's six months. And if it's pre-35, if the woman is not yet 35, it's a year before she's told to seek treatment for infertility. I think that's way too long. That feels that I feels mean, if long you're to me. around 35 and you're trying to have a child and you've gone several cycles, I would at least go in and talk to your doctor about it and talk to somebody who's knowledgeable Uh, In our area, there are gynecologists and obstetricians, and then there are specialists, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think it's probably time to start doing that if you're around 35, because 41 is the edge of fertility for a female. That means most women at 41, on average, cannot get pregnant naturally. Their eggs have declined enough and have declined in quality enough that they can't really uh, conceive a child. Would you Do you recommend to couples to go in and, and talk to somebody before they start trying to have children to see, just see if, make sure everything's working right, to Absolutely. kind of get a general, like that they're healthy? And... Absolutely, because then they get on prenatal vitamins, mm-hmm. they start to eat healthier. We know that spinal bifida is a condition that comes from not having enough folic acid in your system early on in the pregnancy. So, mm-hmm. you know, making sure you're getting your greens or your vitamins and all that. I mean, just... Right. Using good yeah. sense to say, hey, we're thinking about trying, you know, what do we need to do? A- yeah. Absolutely. Great idea. But when they start to have, when you recognize that something's wrong and you start to get treatment for it, right? Mm-hmm. That treatment is, can be very invasive. Yes. Right. Yeah. Because they're invading like your body and your genitals. I mean, you have vaginal ultrasounds and you have, you know, you have to go into a little room and masturbate and deliver mm-hmm. sperm, and you're carrying this little bottle of sperm out where all the nurses have, you know, seen yeah. you go into the room and use porn and jerk off. I mean, it, yeah. it's just, it's humiliating. It, it's dehumanizing. It's not about lovemaking. And um, 40% of couples who struggle with infertility have sexual problems, Adam. Mm. I mean, it's a huge percentage. And no kidding. Because it's so invasive. But people don't talk about it. You don't. uh, But sometimes a lot of times your friends may know, your family may know. And so it but because it's not talked about, then it feels like it's something that is uncommon Mm -hmm. when what you're saying is this is not an it's not uncommon for couples to struggle uh, with infertility. And the doctors don't talk about it. Yeah. You know, they don't talk about, hey, we know this is going to be really interruptive to your sex Mm -hmm. life because suddenly you're going to be having sex on the clock. You know, you're going to be not wanting to have sex a couple days before you ovulate so that his sperm count is really high. I mean, all of that is problematic. And sometimes your friends and family, while they're well-meaning, they often give terrible advice, right? Oh, Oh, just relax. If you just relaxed, you'd have, you know, you'd get pregnant, you know. And, you know, what is really awful when you're trying to have a baby is everybody else is pregnant. Oh, yeah. Like that seems your sister-in-law gets pregnant. You know, everybody at work gets pregnant. The lady in the elevator turns around and she's freaking pregnant, mm-hmm. you know, and there's all this talk about it. And when your family and friends know, you know, there's like, how did it go this month? Yeah. You know, like there's, there's all this tension yeah. and pressure and you're supposed to have sex in that. And, you know, it's very problematic. Yeah, and then the if the financial stress like mounts from trying to 
um, trying to get pregnant. Any infertility treatments, they're not cheap. No, right? they're really not. The financial stress mounts. The further you go, the further there are problems, the more expensive it gets. Like IUI is when they actually put the sperm into the woman's uterus. Um, that's expensive. IVF is actually when they have the sperm and the egg unite like in a test tube or in a petri dish outside of the body and then they have to store and they watch you know the embryos to see you know as you know which one will be most viable and and we know you know there's people who have moral issues with this but I, I gotta say there's a YouTube thing on this Adam it's so cool really? you, you gotta watch it it's where the sperm unites with the egg and when the egg is a viable egg there's a spark of light Really? Oh, it is so cool. You got you got to watch that bit. That's okay. awesome. Anyway, I mean, the financial stress is a killer, and as we all know, right? Finances impact the you know our libido. Like when mm. there's tremendous stress, it's problematic. Yeah, absolutely. You know, financially. And then there, when you're struggling with infertility, right? There's changes to sex itself. You're right. Um, that can be really difficult. Because we talked about it becomes more clinical, um, but mm-hmm. it becomes less spontaneous, right? Right. It it's becomes... like just, you know, you got to do it when you got to do it. So mm-hmm. I, I will tell a personal story here. Sure. Um, my husband and I struggled with fertility after our first child, and I am exceedingly lucky. I have three children. But um, <laughs> at one point, I was on a drug. My husband was out of town. He was at this seminar, and we didn't expect this, but my body ovulated. So I called him up, and I'm like, uh, you know, we, like, are ovulating. And so I had to fly up. It was a short flight. I had a, you know, three-year-old at the time, had to take him with us. And we had to find somebody we didn't know all that well to watch him for 20 minutes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he, was in a, he was in an important sort of thing for work, and he had exactly 20 minutes. <laughs> You know, and I'm like, okay, this is incredibly romantic, you know, and okay, we got 20 minutes. He's like, I got 20 minutes, you know, and then you as the person who is trying to get pregnant, you know, the woman, you have to like lay there so that your uterus drops back into the pool of sperm. Sorry for the TMI, but, you know, it's like not fun. Right. And I was anxious. I hadn't, you know, I have to give myself, it was to somebody that my husband knew it wasn't we're not going to give our son over to a perfect stranger. But, you know, it's this rush job and, you know, it's all this tension. I have to fly up there, spend more money. It wasn't what we expected, but you can't blow a cycle. Right. I mean, you just can't let it go because you're, you know, on these expensive drugs. And I I mean, it's just, it's just a problem. And for the record, I did not get pregnant on that cycle, you know, Mm. and, and that's kind of what happens is there's this disappointment every month. Yeah. You know, if pregnancy doesn't result from the lovemaking, it just feels like, okay, this was a waste. Yeah. Rather than pregnant, you know, lovemaking being something that fulfills us and feels good and connects us, it's like suddenly it becomes viewed as, well, that was a waste. Right. You know, yeah. it, your mindset, your mind really goes crazy on and it. And I think for men, that's part of why like ED or PE like gets connected with infertility oftentimes because the feeling is for men, if unless you know where it's coming from, that it's a performance, right? And we know that performance just increases stress for men. Like there is an actual, did I get her pregnant? Did I not? And so sex becomes, uh, they're high stakes, yeah. right? The, high, the stakes go up for yeah. it. Yeah. And the research shows that actually infertility treatment does increase premature ejaculation and ED 
you know, it's sex on demand. It's mm. like your penis better function, buddy. And it's like, oh, my gosh, who can bear that kind of stress yeah. and pressure? And then also I think, you know, it really impacts our sexual definition of the self. Yeah. Um, for a lot of women, they feel more feminine. The research demonstrates they feel more feminine when they ovulate. Like this is research on couples enduring infertility treatment, you know, versus I am a woman and my body is great. It's like suddenly my body is a machine. And if it produces this, it's good. Yeah. And I think men as well. Right. They struggle. You know, I didn't get her pregnant. Therefore, I'm not as much of a mm. man. I mean. All those things that Ooh, just go into it already. It does. It, it heightens really, if there's and if there's any sexual issues already that exist in the relationship, it just heightens all of them, right? Yeah, exactly. And then finally, like the emotional damage that it can wreak. We've already talked about a few of these, about the pressure from friends and family, but there's just a lot of things that just come into it. I think one of the things is it really starts to impact your view of your expectations of how life is going to go, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. it's not it when you're in the middle of it, you project it into the future and it's going to be that you're childless forever, right? Yes. That you're never going to have, you're never going to have a kid. Yeah. I mean, that fear alone, oh my gosh, we're going to be childless, you know, is a big impact on the mood of the couple. Yeah. Just for the record, I mean, the way it impacts sex, too, is your actual positions have to change. You know, I think, you know, the woman basically has to stand on her head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's like. <laughs> you know, so that the, the sperm drains down her. No, I'm kidding. But um, um, Upside down. You know, it is problematic. And there are certain positions that are more likely to result in pregnancy. And so, you know, even what you're doing becomes less fun, perhaps, if that's yeah. not your favorite position. And, you know, it's it's a problem. Well, well, let's take a break and come right back with Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy in a minute. And we'll talk about the emotional damage that also comes from infertility and kind of some ideas of what you can do about it. Thank you so much to all our Patreon supporters. Yeah, Patreon is a platform where you can directly support things that you love. We really want to expand the resources that we can be able to provide to you as our listeners. If, you know, our work touches you and our work helps you, we would be so grateful for your support. Just go to our website, foreplayrst.com, and there you can find a way to support us and you can see our episodes and our blogs. And thank you so much, guys. Speaking with certified sex therapist Lori Watson from Awakening Center for Couples and Intimacy. Lori, what is an intensive? So an intensive is 12 to 14 hours of therapy all in one weekend. And it's a way to really make fast progress compared to weekly therapy. I mean, there's just so much more you can get done when you have a chunk of time. Overcome the challenges in your relationship and your sex life. Learn more about intensives and Awakening Center's other services at awakenloveandsex.com. At Matthews Counseling, we believe it is our job to come alongside you in whatever difficult challenges of life you are in and help you rediscover hope and to find the strength that you have to face those challenges. We strive to create a safe and comfortable place for you to explore who you want to be and identify the obstacles standing in your way. Oftentimes, the first step toward finding help is the hardest, but it can also be the bravest. Give us a call at 919-587-8018. Find us online at matthewscounseling.com. We look forward to working with you. 
Okay, we're back with Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy talking about fertility and its impact on sex. You know, we've talked about the actual sex changes and also there's emotional things that happen when you are going through infertility that also impact sex. You know, I've thought about primarily the fertility drugs themselves, usually given to the woman, but that increases your mood swings. You know, so you have more hopelessness, you are more sensitive, you know, you might cry easier. And right when you're trying to do something where you already feel a little hopeless about it and anxious, you have this chemical in your body Mm. that is making you feel it more. Yeah. 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 I mean, especially if you're if you're sticking to sex on a specific cycle, mm-hmm. um, I think that they're they're going to go up and down and you already have drugs in your system that are affecting that even more so than normal. Right. And infertility just alone can cause this guilt and depression, anxiety, hopelessness, worthlessness, you know, you name it. It just complicates our mental health, which also complicates our relational health. Right. I mean, I think that if any kind of prolonged stress, like raises the tension in the relationship already. Mm-hmm. And this is specific tension about something, about a very um, intimate in, intimate thing and, lo- and what's the word I'm looking for? Impactful thing for the relationship. Right. Right. Um, your whole has, vision of the family. Yeah, your whole vision of the future, your whole vision of what is supposed to happen in your relationship. Mm-hmm. So it, it would be bad enough if there was prolonged stress from outside of the relationship. Mm-hmm. But this is something that is between you that is literally there's something that is that is beautiful and good that's supposed to happen that is not so it's hard to separate that sometimes from the relationship itself Mm -hmm. and it's supposed to happen with our lovemaking yes and suddenly lovemaking becomes very mechanical and i you know one of the things that is difficult is this uh hope and disappointment cycle of you know i'm hopeful until i get my period and many times people who are in infertility treatment experience multiple miscarriages or at mm. least one. And so all their hope is like, we're pregnant, we're pregnant, it worked. And then they lose, you know, yeah. the pregnancy and it's so painful. Yeah. I, I think, you know, as I've been studying for my doctorate about, I'm actually studying about breast cancer, but it's an impactful problem that impacts two bodies. Hmm. That's that's the essence of a disease state like breast cancer and infertility. And the biggest thing that is difficult is that the couples, you know, they're often young couples and they haven't learned yet how to rely on each other to manage the grief, the anxiety, to turn to each other and get this comfort, you know, like shoulder the burden together. Hmm. Um, they, they don't know yet how to resolve the pursuer distancer thing so that they're on the same page. And so this is why it deeply impacts, you know, the coupleship. Yeah. And that's one of the things that you talk about to try to be able to start to address the issues, particularly Mm -hmm. the stressors that come up in the relationship and the way that it diminishes our sexual fulfillment is to start to learn how to address that cycle. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And frequently in marriages where, Let's say the woman is more of the sexual distancer and the male is more of the sexual pursuer with infertility treatment. She becomes the sexual pursuer. Mm. It's like, okay, we got to make a baby. Let's get to it. Let's do it. And he becomes the sexual distancer. Like, I don't like the pressure. I don't know that if you want me, you're just doing it to make a baby. They're not talking about it and resolving that. Mm. Also, I think one 
One difficulty, and this is traditionally the male, who is often the traditional uh, avoidant partner in the relationship, the distancer, is he feels like to be strong is to not have any complaints and not to have any needs. Mm. You know, we're going through this terrible issue. I don't want to burden my partner, my, my wife, my female partner with what I'm feeling. And so I'm just going to keep it all inside. Yes. <laughs> the irony then actually is that she overcarries the the emotions about the problem and feels alone in it and then he feels alone in it because he's not getting the comfort he needs. He's, you know, the knight in shining armor being strong. And this is un- this is like the worst thing to do. Yeah. It actually it actually exacerbates the problem rather than helps it. It does, yeah, right? Because we need to talk more clearly and uh, vulnerably about, gosh, you know, I too, I'm feeling hopeless about, are we going to have a child? I, I'm i feeling that our sex life is, you know, being reduced to mm. the clock. I'm, you know, I'm worried about my erections. You know, last time I, I couldn't get it up and now it's another month and I'm so anxious about not getting it up that I'm not going to get it up, you know? I mean, it's like talking about those things out loud and allowing your partner to comfort you, you know, Mm -hmm. is really important. I I do think that in that cycle, men need to have a better understanding of how for how much identity is tied into childbearing for women a lot of Mm -hmm. times. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I don't I don't subscribe to that for women that that's or believe that that's their only identity, but that, I think that's their calling. That's yeah. their, it's not. It's not that, but right. I do think it's a. There's a difference, right? I, I do too. And many women, it's a life script. Yes. I mean, having children is part of their life script. They can't even imagine a life without that. And yeah. and because their body bears the child, it's it's very. It's almost in their cells. Yeah, and I think where I see this coming out is is that I think. The female partner in the relationship is is probably going to get anxious about infertility sooner mm-hmm. um, than the male will, mm-hmm. right? Than men. Men men just don't like it's not it if it goes on for a while. If it's a stressor for a while, I think they begin to feel it. And it's not that I don't think men care about it, but fatherhood is not. It's a for for some it's a it's a primary identity. Um, and it's something that they look forward to, but it's not, it's not all men. Um, mm-hmm. and it's definitely even the ones that I think have fatherhood as a primary identity. It's not as strong as motherhood is a, mm-hmm. as an identity for women. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I, I don't know that I could generalize that, but I certainly know personally becoming a mother was so much a part of my life script. I, I couldn't, and never did imagine a life apart from that. And even though I had one child, when I experienced Infertility. It turns out, actually, I had infertility and just got lucky the first pregnancy. But when we couldn't offer our first child a sibling is what it felt like to me. You know, I started to kind of panic and have that. And I think, you know, being the one who gets pregnant, if you don't get pregnant, it feels like a failure of your body. Yeah. You know, and and I don't think that the male partner feels as much failure in his body. You know, unless that, it's a sperm count issue, and then you know they're addressing it differently. But that may that may be a better way to talk about what I mean, because what I would say is that I think the level of empathy men need to have more empathy. Right, I knew you were going that, there, and that like that that that's um, that it's harder sometimes to maybe understand fully, especially if it's if it's been a month or two and your spouse is feeling 
it, her anxiety is rising and you could see it or if it's 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 going to be a more sometimes not all the time and I don't want to generalize but it's more it's more emotional um, and so being able to to be empathetic toward that I think is really important to de-escalate the stress and I'd like to demo uh, for those men out there what being connected means it doesn't mean saying, honey, it's going to be okay. Don't yeah. worry. You're going to get pregnant. Yeah. It doesn't mean being reassuring, yeah. reassuring. It does mean saying, how are you feeling? Tell me uh, tell me all your fears. Tell yeah. me how it is this week. What is your body feeling? It's being inquisitive and curious about her experience now, yeah. not believing that you know what her experience is because you knew last month what it was. But it's like asking curious questions uh, making reflective statements. It's like, okay, so this month, you know, your breasts are more tender. Or you, you know, you just, you're feeling bloated. You feel more irritable. You feel angry. You're starting to feel hopeless. Your mother called and asked, and it just pissed you off. Yeah. You know, just reflect. Say it back. Don't say it back word for word. Just say back what you're hearing them say. Yeah. You know, and maybe once it's, I, I talk about there's this sense that you'll get when people have been listened to and heard, there's almost like an exhale. Mm. You know, there's there's a relief. You well, got, and, and, that, and that hasn't been judged. Those right. feelings haven't been judged. And, right. And when you feel that exhale, that's the time to say, you know, baby, I'm with you in this. We're in it together. Mm. We'll get there. No matter what happens, I love you and we're going to be okay. Yeah. You know, you can't predict an outcome. You can't predict whether or not pregnancy will happen or not. But you can offer reassurance about how the two of you will survive this. And also, I would say, likewise, for women talking with men, right? Same thing. I mean, yeah, you're going through hell in your body. But remembering that your partner has feelings, too, and asking him, how are you doing? And maybe he doesn't share right away. And so make it up. Just say, you know, well, I know, but I know it can't be that much fun to be having sex on the clock, hon. And you know, I, I just I know you wanted children and I know your parents are asking you every month, how are you doing? And if he's brusque, you know, maybe his love language and the way he gets reassurance is through a hug or a kiss or a squeeze or something. And, you know, try to offer something that is loving and connecting and also reassuring, like, you know what, if we don't have children you know, I still want you. I mean, that kind of deep reassurance, it's like we are together, yeah. is we are attached. Yeah. And it's that foundation, right, that deep foundation, which is the best to bring children into is a sense of parents who are attached. And if you can't have children, our hearts are with you. Our hearts are broken for you if you want them. We know how painful it is. We wish that you could. And, you know, we know it's difficult. And we also hope that you... If you have suffered with infertility and it still impacts your sex life, go see a sex therapist. Help it. Think about this as a quick trick. You know, use one place to make love for fun and sexual pleasure and attachment and use another bed maybe to uh, have sex when it's time to get pregnant. A sex bed. I love it. A sex bed. Maybe everybody should have a sex bed. Or the sex couch. (laughs) (laughs) I want a sex bed. I want want a a new hotels. Go to a hotel when you want to have sex for fun. This is what coming from foreplay really soon is sex bed. (laughs) <laughs> like where it's our own brand of mattresses, sex beds that are that are just right <laughs> for sexual encounters. So. Okay, hang in there, guys. Uh, foreplay radio sex therapy. 
You can now call in your questions to the 4Play Question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-4PLAY. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. Hey, help us stay on top here at 4Play. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.